commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Comeback, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole net news show being depth coverage and analysis of the stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a celebration of Star Wars music special. The Mandalorian edition. But first, a new publishing program dedicated to The Mandalorian has been announced. Now will be host, Ben and Grant, to talk about these upcoming releases and the music of The Mandalorian. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. And uh, thank you all for listening to Core World News. We have a double dose of Mando this week, uh, starting with the six new publications announced for The Mandalorian. Um, sadly, Adam won't be uh, joining us today as he is tending to his newborn. So uh, congrats to Adam and Carly. Um, congrats, but, uh, Adam. Yeah, we miss you, buddy. Uh, can't wait to have you back on here. But, um, you know, got, sometimes you got more important things going on. I understand. Um, and then uh, but anyway, so for today, um, you're just going to have to deal with uh, Grant and I. Um, but we're very excited because we're going to do uh, this music episode focusing just on the Mandalorian music of uh, Ludwig Gordonson. Um, but uh, right now, these publications, this was a really unexpected announcement for me, actually. I, I don't know. I never thought they were going to do publications for Mandalorian. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I had seen like Bounty Hunter manuals and things like that, and I thought they were going to expand on that further. But this looks like a pretty, uh, it looks like a pretty weighty list of books here. I mean, we're getting yeah. an art of book, we're getting novels, we're getting junior novels, we're getting uh, visual guides, or I mean, we're getting all the above in terms of formats. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. And, uh, I can't wait to, you know, see all the names and the, the designations for like background elements, background characters, you know, uh, talking about the architecture of some of the sets and really talk about the lived in worlds that we've seen in the show. Yeah. And see those in the books will be really cool. To- yeah. I mean, I mean, we talk about those concept art books all the time here and cross sections and the art of the visual art that goes along with Star Wars is breathtaking and, and gorgeous. And, um, yeah, I really would be looking. So that that's kind of a, a no-brainer, I guess, um, to have that as an add-on. But there's going to be two adult novels and two junior novels, right? That's right. Yeah. So we have – let's go down the list. So we have um, – we'll start with the novel. So we have The Mandalorian. Uh, it's an original novel by Adam Christopher. It's listed okay. as an adult novel. Uh, right. I imagine that will kind of follow the show, more closely follow the show and uh, the character of The Mandalorian. Do you think it will uh, overlap the show or will it be a different time period? I think I think he might explore some, you know, he might do a little a prequel kind of preamble of where, where the Mando was before he started working on Navarro with uh, Grief, Karga. Yeah. You know, I imagine they'll, they'll, he'll dabble there a little bit and then... So more prequely. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm thinking, but um, I'm sure there'll be overlap with the show too because uh, a lot of writers have been able to do that, you know, without huh. any problem kind of overlapping to a degree but i don't know maybe that maybe the child represents the end of this book maybe the discovery of the child is kind of where this book ends that would be that would be a cool um yeah story to, i could definitely see them doing that they've done that with catalyst and they've done it with a, with a bunch of books right. i hope they do something more like that i don't want to see a novelization of it doesn't sound like that's the case but only for the reason that i want more new content and um i, I hope we get two new original works here with um with this character i think that'd be pretty great yeah, and then we get uh, the Mandalorian Junior novelization by Joe Schreiber, and uh, so that's probably 
Sure. That's probably covering the Mando story again. Din Djarin is the main character, most likely. Uh, and, and that'll be, you know, hopefully a different story altogether and not just kind of you know, a, a piece that overlaps much like the adult novel. And uh, and they're both different stories. So they're both worth picking up. You know, I can read the junior novel with my son and then I can read the original novel and get a completely different story. That would be ideal. Um, there's a storybook. There's an 8 by 8 storybook coming out uh, by Brooke Vitale or Vitale. Um, so that'll be a, there's storybooks, then there's, then there's more of those dictionary kind of visual guidebooks. You're getting the ultimate visual guide from Pablo right. Hidalgo, you know, um, and then you're getting, uh, the, then you're getting, uh, the Mandalorian, you're getting allies and enemies. Uh, so that's a, that's a level two reader. So that's not, I guess right. that's not so much a visual guide. So what's the second adult book then? Is that the short stories one? Um, the second adult book, I don't see that listed in my list here. Oh, maybe there's not of, two then. Maybe there's maybe there's only one. Maybe there's only one original adult novel, one junior novel, because it looks like everything else is either a storybook or, or you know, a level two reader. Kind of. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we hashed this out on air. Then there's an art of there's an art of book too coming from Phil Philosophic, which I'm yeah. very excited to read because uh, those are the best. And I can't wait to read uh, Pablo's Visual Guide because. I want to get the name of that that cloner we saw in episode yeah. one and two. Kind of, you know, get the, talk about the logo on his, his jacket. Identify some of the stuff in the surrounding area there. That'd be cool to to get a lot of that information. But um, very excited to read these books. Like very excited to pick them up. I'm glad that there is a publishing initiative based around Mandalorian because it's a great show. And I think a lot of us are are hungering for more information about the, the bounty guild and bounty hunters in general. And uh, I think the Mando's a great character to explore all that stuff. Uh, great, great vehicle for that stuff. Yeah, I've been spoiled with all the live actionness that we've gotten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he is a. Uh, I mean, they're all fantastic characters, so I'm sure I'll, I'll be excited to pick him up, and it'll be a good read. Um, but uh, it just they're, they're dangling that carrot. We get the season two in a couple months now, and um, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be yeah. super fun. But I think part of this publishing initiative coming in so late after the fact, after season one and, and the release, I feel like it's, it's just a testament to how how well uh, uh, Favreau and uh, Filoni and all, all the crew, you know, how, how good of a job they did keeping everything under wraps. We didn't know anything about Baby Yoda. We didn't know anything about the show. We didn't know anything about we didn't know the Mando's real name. They really did a good job of keeping everything secret. And yeah. I'm glad that there are publishing novels. I would love a, I would love to, for the novels to have come out during the show. That would have been interesting to follow along, but I'm also glad that things were kept mysterious, kept secret, and then these books are coming out after the fact, so pretty cool. Far out, man. Far out. Well, um, that'll be something to look forward to. Can't wait. And now, the Fistful of Beskar.
And the chimes and the, the almost the hoof-like galloping yeah, the gallop- drum beat dun, 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 is dun. so Western. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, 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 so, so many things are influenced by genre in the music, but then there's so much that just feels modern and organic and kind of his own flavor, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in case you haven't uh, figured it out by now, today we're going to do an in-depth review of the music of The Mandalorian. Um, we did this last year for John Williams around the 4th of July, um, and it was just fun to do. And I hope uh, you like listening to it. We can do a little higher production values here and pipe in some uh, great music and talk about it, um, which is a fun, you know, podcast specific thing we can do. Um, so it's going to be super fun. Um yeah, Grant, um, we just yeah. we just learned that Ennio Morricone died. <laughs> yeah, it's that is really, truly, truly sad. And uh, what a genius. I mean, such a lost talent right there. I mean, I just watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly last night. And last the, night? The music is so powerful and really just drove home how iconic. I don't use the word iconic a lot, but when I watched that film, I was like, this might be the most iconic film ever made like every scene that they do in that film is is so iconic i think everyone knows those moments and even if they don't think they do i think they do know those moments in that film and uh, yeah. and, and a lot of it's uh you know inspired by the music and the music is just so loud and prominent and all the leone westerns and uh, you know everything that uh uh unio Marconi has composed every film that he's composed for has been you know incredible like you know uh like uh, once time, once a time, once upon a time in New York or whatever, uh, yeah. the uh, early Scorsese picture. Um, there's just so much, so much beautiful music that he's composed. Uh, it makes me want to go back and do an Ennio Morricone episode sometime down the line here. We should just yeah. do a revisit of Ennio Morricone and just how he's influenced really Ludwig in, in his process making this music and this in this show. Yeah. For those that, that don't know about Ennio Morricone, his name is synonymous with Sergio Leone's Spaghetti Westerns, um, all those Clint Eastwood movies, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, those soundtracks were iconic um, because of Ennio Morricone's um, compositions, um, and it really brought the genre to prominence. And it's a it's a unique, specific style that's oft imitated, um, and there's like nothing cooler than doing it. Um, I think there's an album called Rome done by Jack White um, and uh, Nora Jones and the produce, producer I can't remember the name of, but um, it's a fake Ennio Morricone soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist. They just yeah. wanted to bathe themselves in Morricone's style and make an album, and um, they did an interesting job. Um, there's another one. Oh, yeah, when I was said once yeah. upon a time, I meant once upon a time in America, the Sergio Leone, yeah. and I was thinking about Mean Streets, just randomly there. Yeah. He, he didn't. I don't think he produced music for Mean Streets, but I, I had seen Once Upon a Time in America recently, and his score in that movie is brilliant. And uh, yeah. it's just honestly, he's just one of the titans of titans. Of not only film score, but genre score. I mean, he we, he yeah. almost invented he invented a lot of what we know as Western music or, or music yeah. for Western films. Western genre films. So. Yeah. And, and of course, um, those Western films were hugely influential on The Mandalorian. We've talked about it in all the gallery episodes because they're always name dropping uh, Morricone in those um, when they talk about score. And, um, and you know, and as far as influences, uh, Sergio Leone um, is huge. They, they That's what The Mandalorian is. It's a Western in space. Um, and they had to have given a lot 
I, I think actually they said in the score episode of Gallery that um, one of the only things I had was like those old, you know, was was Sergio uh, Morricone's music right. uh, for him to sort of as a starting point. And, and and so what we did as an experiment. So the segment bumper for this piece, I just I put Morricone's Good, the Bad and the Ugly and, and then played at the exact same time from the exact same spot. Um uh, Ludwig Göransson's uh, Mandalorian soundtrack, the one you just heard, and you hear them play in the beginning, and they line up kind of perfectly. I'm not trying yeah. to call the guy out. It was a great homage because it's it's a like I said, it's a tough, it's a very unique style, but it's a tough thing to do justice to. And um, and Göransson did that beautifully. He's man, the kid has got a lot of swag. That's really yeah. all, all I can say about. Say yeah, about. And, and I mean, it's just it's so. It, inherent that there's Ennio Morricone in this music because of what you just said, Ben, the show is so much so a Western. Like I, I, it, it's it, even the framing, everything, how that show's framed, how that show's shot, the environments, the atmosphere, the music, everything feels like a Serge Leone and a Neo Morricone kind of Western. And I mean, we're not even listing all the movies that Neo Morricone has worked on, but I think he's worked on more films than any like human in history. I think that I, that's kind of, Oh, really? that's kind of that's my thought i mean if you go to his imdb there is like 20 projects for each year <laughs> it's like there are like 10 projects for each year if you, if, yeah. if you go down the list it's really impressive the body of work is insane yeah his part. wikipedia has about a thousand links in the first three paragraphs yeah. of just like they're all just movies he's worked on yeah the uh, battle of algiers you know uh goes all the way back uh blood link uh there's so, so, so many. I mean, he's worked on some B movies. He's worked on, you know, some Oscar winning movies. He's worked on just the range of work he's, he's worked on. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many. I mean, he did Hateful Eight recently. He did, there's a lot of movies he did recently. Oh, my gosh. The Untouchables. The Untouchables is such a memorable soundtrack. I think everyone, when they think of The Untouchables, they think of the music. They think of uh, the Indio Morcone's score and the kind of balance ship Potemkin moment with the staircase and the, the, the music swelling. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, he did everything. I mean, there's. I'm, I'm seeing over 500 original film scores. Yeah, that's a, that sounds about right. I, I I would love to see if that's true or not that he's worked on more films than anyone in history, but it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is not going to be a Morricone episode. This is going to be a Ludwig Göransson episode. Yeah. So last time <laughs> we did, I, I last time we I did, I could not uh, talk about it. Yeah, last time. So last and uh, yeah and and. He will always be remembered, and uh, uh, I'm so glad that he gifted us with his music. Uh, so, yeah. uh, rest in peace, Neo Marcone. Uh, incredible, incredible talent, and uh, he, obviously, his music will always be remembered. Um, so, uh, last time we talked about music, we talked. We went around Robin. We shared uh, the tracks that we found to be most interesting, or the we listen to often, or uh, we just. I think we all just picked three that we like. I think, but I think if we. I think we all like all the songs on on each yeah. uh, on each uh, album for each episode, but I think uh, we just, we each picked three just to go round robin and talk about it, uh, which was a fun way to talk about it. And I think we used, we used terms like themes, marches, and incidental music to kind of identify. Yeah, I actually have my old notes up here. Yeah, war marches, individual themes, incidental themes, so just like stuff yeah. that happens, and then also overarching concepts. Um, so like Duel of Fates, Binary Sunset, Battle of Heroes. That's those sure. uh, were ones we did there. And then uh, after but, that we got into like melody and tonality and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they but this is Gornson is a different beast by design. Um and he 
I loved that that score episode so much because he said, you know, he wanted to come from a very original place and he just buried himself in a studio and played music. But then he adapted he did adapt the the orchestral music later. And um, that was enough. You know, that did a really great job to make it sound enough like Williams, but still traject somewhere else. Um, I had I had a tougher time picking my songs this time around, um, partially because there's a lot of good ones. Um, but also because he, he uses one main theme and it's the Mandalorian theme, which we, we listened to at the top there, which is fantastic. But all of the music like are in the same, like sort of keys, like the, the key signatures, like they all flow back in. It's like one key signature somehow he created. Then, you know, it it modulates a little bit, but it's like all, you know, it, all the music is in the same key, which is there's three hours of music here, which is sort of crazy to make it um, original. But there is you just have to dig a little bit and you can find some really unique songs. But they a lot of them sort of will then resolve back into the main Mandalorian theme. Um, and some do that sooner or later based on how they were used um, over the over the action. Um, yeah, that was interesting because we did listen to that full track before we started the show. And it looks like a lot of the tracks that we picked out kind of branch from that track can and then can return to that melody at yeah. any point at any, uh, given how they're written with the same in- instrumentation or keys yeah you just said it's like if it's not in that key it's it's like some sort of uh synthesizer that is completely atonal that he's using to do like right. this this crazy thing so but I I think did, it, yeah i did think uh, i did uh, i was i thought i heard the mando theme in uh, a minor minor key and then in major later like in another yeah another i think to call it one key is probably is is narrowing it too much it's a chord progression cool, yeah that he's done and so it's sort of like yeah so they resolve like sort of major keys to like minor key like resolving to minor keys um so it's like really bright and happy and then it's kind of dark like the mando the dun is like mm-hmm. minor key. um but uh yeah yeah so it's pretty great let's start it off let's All right. uh, set it off uh you go first, I'll go second, and then Adam so kindly gave us his three favorite tracks from yeah. the Ludwig, uh, the album, uh, albums, and we'll go, we'll share his after we share our two, and then we'll talk yeah. about Adam's. And, okay. Uh, yeah, go around. Yeah, that'll be great, and then we can talk about Adam's as well. Um, though we'd love his uh, his input, we'll just have to talk over him, and we'll we'll make a game of t- seeing what he would say. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think uh, first one I wanted to do was this one song that just like I heard and I was like, that's a possible one to talk about. And I just kept coming back to it because it's like. It's kind of an outlier to me and I liked it and it's really super minimalist. It's called uh, Can I Feed Him? <laughs> <laughs> and this is which episode is this in? Just so, uh, uh, this this is uh, the um, the Seven Samurai episode, episode four, where he's. Four. Um, yeah, saving the village. Let's listen to it.
then it dwindles down to like nothing. It's just like a, it's like a, a banjo. Yeah. So elegant. It really reminds me of the Leia theme. It, it's yeah, definitely pointing to the innocence of the child. And can I feed him? I guess I would imagine pertains to Baby Yoda. Yeah, and then it changes halfway through. Right. And it does that sort of resolve back to the Mando theme, but it it's interesting. Right. There's almost like yeah. There's almost a. You'll hear a low tone, and then it's like badoosh. So we get the really like that. I really like that. Right? Can you hear the bass on your end? Yeah. The bass just. Yeah, peaked on my speakers. So yeah, so this one is it's like an outlier and it's not like it's not my favorite style of music. It didn't just grab me, but it, it just like thinking about it, it just seemed really prolific because it's it's ambient music in a right. film, which is really hard to do well. You know, this is you're working for Star Wars here. You've got all these things and you're trying to make these big, you know, massive songs, but this is a very small song. It's just, you know, it starts off and it's, you know, his guitar, his first instrument playing right. with like the flutes. And he's, you know, that's the pretty standard composition. But then it dwindles to like banjo and just yeah. like him playing banjo. And then and then all of a sudden he starts layering in synthesizers again and brings back the main theme on that um, bass recorder that do and it just like, yeah. it's like, but still very ambient and builds back up. And I don't know, it just seemed really bold to me to it, put a song like that in a in a movie. I don't know, maybe that's that's not right. But. No, the transitions are wildly impressive. Uh, I mean, to me, this this kind of signified short-lived peace and, and the kind of thought process of the Mandalorian yeah. you know, trying to establish some sort of peaceful existence on this planet that they're visiting and, yeah. then, and then ultimately being sucked back into the, the underworld, the underbelly of bounty society and then the criminal yeah. world and being hunted and you hear that in the music. You hear this romantic, peaceful, serene right. uh, ballad, you know, to start this, this melody, this really peaceful, serene melody to start, and then it slowly transitions to the, into that single banjo, and then the single banjo is drowned out by that electronic bass, that, in, that almost industrial, uh, modern, electronic kind of, it's almost like a mixture of tactical, you know, electronic music that you see in spy thrillers mixed with this beautiful kind of 
almost Native American woodwind in that recorder, the, the yeah. Mando theme, and that plays, and they play simultaneous. I think that's that's really elegant and that's really nuanced, and that I think is super fresh. Like I, I think that's that, that's what's so interesting with the Mandalorian is the blending of genres and, and and not just the blending of genre on screen and what you're seeing with the Western samurai films and and, and space fantasy all colliding in the visuals. It's the music, music, and that blend is as impressive it's very very interesting oh man you, you hit it wow that you really actually opened my mind to that song a lot there because it is it, my favorite thing in music is the the meeting of analog instruments with synthetic instruments i just yeah. think that the contrast of the two together just sound amazing to me and i just love it but here they're representing different parts of the mandalorian right they're like this is a conversation. This is his two yeah. minds. He's like a human in that suit that like just wants to love and can appreciate, you know, some mm -hmm. kids playing with a frog, you know, right. but then there's the like technological part of his body. He's got, he's interfaced with the suit. He is a hyper enhanced killing machine. That history of violence, right? Yeah. The history yeah. of violence, the, the weight of the Beskar armor yeah. uh, and, and all of, all of who he has become so far from that childhood innocence that was robbed from him by machines and then like you're getting that in one song we'll talk about you know the meeting of analog and synthetic i think the track that i've i've picked next is very synthetic surprisingly synthetic and electronic for, for I, star wars i think yeah. i know which one it is i think we're all real big fans of this song and it kind of was a standout song and once you heard it you knew you were watching a different star wars story than you've yeah. ever seen before and that is the mudhorn chapter two can I? Can you hear it when I play it? I can actually. So you do. Yeah. I had a tough time hearing it on your thing. Okay, cool. Woo! Story time is fundamentally changing. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, you're like, why hasn't there been music like this all the time? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. Electronic music does work very well. Yeah. Oh, it's the best part, though. 
Yeah. Wow. Ten seconds of reverb on the uh, <laughs> of, wow. on the, uh, the flute there, the recorder. Oh yes. man! So again, during the track, I said it. I really do think Star Wars storytelling fundamentally changed after this music was used with a live action you know, a scene. And uh, I love this this track because it's it's just it's such a, a tense. It really really captures the tension of that moment, fighting a kind of you know, a, a, a rhino-esque beast you know, yeah. charging at you, you know, like... It a, almost a sounds more, like a beast. Yeah, it sounds like something just charging at you, trampling, <laughs> yeah, like almost a herd a herd coming towards you. And then um, I love that it, it it then just slowly transitioned and contorts into that, this mystical force theme, this mm. modern, new attempt at a kind of force theme that is so beautiful and so profound in that moment when you see it for the first time. I, I had, I never in a million years thought that this show was going to deal with the force in any way. And so when this, that happened and it was ju- when it was juxtaposed next to this electronic music, which I was, I was already felt jarring, jarring in a good way that it was so nuanced and so different. I was jarred by that. And then for it to then turn into this force theme and for that all to work, I was like, this, this is amazing. And this still feels very much like star Wars. And so, I just give a lot of credit to, to Ludwig for pulling that off, for bringing Star Wars into the future, and also capturing the past in a new way, and yeah, uh, yeah just making a smooth transition. I think I think what he might have done um, was again what um, Fabro was talking about: how instead of like using Star Wars as an influence, let's look at what influenced Star Wars as an influence, and then make try and make a similar movie. Um, and I think what Gorenson did here is like he looked at John Williams and I mean, that episode was so pithy because I can't imagine how much work this guy did in preparation for the series because he seemingly right. does certainly does homework. He certainly knows a lot about music. But um, the what John Williams did is he drew on ensemble modern like modern music um, mm-hmm. of his time, which was, you know, super popular in the 60s. And it was like. You know, it's like banging on metal. It's a lot of just cacophonous noise. It's just like noise for noise's sake, um, which is, you know, just like, how can I make this, you know, this thing sound beautiful, right. even if it's atonal? And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think about, well, Frank Zappa was big into it. That's what got me into ensemble mm-hmm. music, and, and I don't have any other people. But one guy that I know used a lot of it was uh, Fumio Hayasaka. Who is right. that was Akira Kurosawa's composer, and his was very ensemble modern as well mm-hmm. as John Williams. Um, and so what he's so now he's uh Gorenson is using is making modern music now, which is this sort of like hyper synthetic music. Like we went back right. to the 80s and like we're like, let's make this into really artful music instead of just dance pop numbers. Um, and using a technology that's 60 years old, but um making the music modern again a new modern and and like a a contemporary modern with um really just cool synthesizer sounds that have survived the test of time 
um, that's influenced a lot of my favorite music in the world. I mean, obviously, uh, Gorenson is the producer for um, uh, Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, blanked. Um, and and so he's made. Uh, you can count on one hand the the amount or the number of film composers that have like actual popular bands as well. I, Danny Elfman's the only other one I can think of. Right. But um, but he is he is taking a lot from yeah from cutting hip-hop. edge pop pop music hip hop yeah. uh, popular electronic music things are people are yeah. attending in mass things like yeah. it's mainstream music. He, he won a Grammy yeah. for This Is America. I mean, that was the best, voted the best song of 2018. That song is a miraculous song because it has yeah. these kind of, these uh, hip-hop choruses, these, these chorus oh, uh, yeah. instrumentations that are basically taken from like the last, you know, the top hip-hop, hip-hop songs in the last 10 years. He basically borrowed from a lot of different yeah. styles of hip-hop and was able to, to reinvent that in that song, in different parts of that song, in such a beautiful way. It was yeah. astounding. Astound- that song is still an astounding piece of music. Yeah, and then juxtapose it with blues and uh, gospel, right. like, right. you know, yeah, it's black roots music. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's, it's like, fun. yeah, and then really, again, make a statement, you know, tell a story with just the, the music. And I, one thing I like about Gorenson is he, he's not as self-absorbed as a lot of composers can be or ones that I've met. He's like, he's very humble. He could have gone on and on about all this minutia, but he was just like, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of create some good music, you know? And like, that's also, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, he gives them, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see someone give themselves the, pro, the process so fully. Like he, he seems to approach music in a very organic way where he just tries to feel things out and take his time and discover. It seems like a lot of discovery which I find so interesting. And I, I mean, that episode of Gallery was incredible just to see his yeah. process and see his moments of discovery and, and just kind of just locking himself away to figure out this music for this show was, was really interesting to hear about. And, uh, and I think he succeeded. I think he succeeded beyond you know, everyone's you know, wildest expectations. I think yeah. This is incredible. I think he invented this, this blended genre music and it's, it's very different and, uh, and interesting for them, those reasons. But, uh, but, but also... John Williams, correct me if I'm wrong, he also borrowed from like Stravinsky and, and Wagner, yeah. all the kind of yes. old-timey, older composers. Kind of yes. Composers. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you, you know all the genres. I remember when we were talking about this last year, but, uh, or yeah, last year. Um, but there is, I think he, he used a lot of modern, you know, modern music in there. Um, right. All the sort of punctuate and um, it was really sort of forward thinking for, for the time. Shall we jump into one of Adam's picks? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's do it. Which one? We are going to do, this is very Adam, on brand for Adam, Jawa's Attack. Nice call. Oh, he's riffing on it now. <laughs> he's taking that theme from Empire, the like, right at the beginning of that asteroid belt song. 
And this is a rhythm motif that he uses a lot. Yeah, I was wondering if motifs of term he used. It is, right? Theme motif. Theme sounds less bourgeoisie. Yeah. <laughs> That's just gorgeous. Yeah, that's like horse chase. It is, yeah. That's it, baby. <laughs> we'll lead you rattling through your uh, fridge noise with all those beer bottles smashing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it alive. Man, that uh, was a wonderful. That was a wonderful piece of music. Yeah, it really was. It, it mirrored the um, action so well. It was like it started off real thin and like percussion right. um, as he's like realizing what he's got to do. And yeah. I mean, that scene is highlight of the whole series um, that uh, Rick F uh, Famiyiwa did that was just like so so fantastic like organized that scene. But uh, it like starts off like slow and it's like he's mm -hmm. like, oh, I guess I got to do this. He's like, all right, well, I just got to catch this thing and go steal my, you know, all my ship back. And then as it gets like closer to the like top of the sand crawler, it gets to be more and more raucous. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm out of my league. I need an adult. <laughs> like, yeah, and, it's, definitely, it's definitely like swashbuckling adventure music mixed with like the Western chase or the yeah the kind of Oregon trail, the trip caravan. The, the, yeah, the, the, the carriage, the horse and yeah, the, horse the wagon carriage. Wagon. Almost. Yeah, that's, what that's almost saying. what it sounds like. And that's exactly what happens. In that episode with the sand crawler, like yeah. that yeah. caravan chase happens. 
it's pretty incredible, but it's not so menacing like that. That's actually like just kind of good hearted, neutral adventure music and not so obviously the beginning, like you said, does have a little menace to it. It's got a starts a yeah. little bit mysterious. And, um, and then that obviously the Jawas are the threat in that episode. So it's not like it's, it's perfect. The music is perfect for that, for that sort of situation. Yeah. And also, I mean, just that scene, like the sand crawler, yeah. like, hauling heck across the, like, you know, <laughs> landscape. Yeah. I've like, always want to see it. And then you're like, Oh, it's really fast. Like, always thought that he's super slow, <laughs> but they can just like, they can find another gear and go. Oh, they're just like whack-a-mole, like popping out of like different hatches. And just yeah. Most of it. And that's, it's too good. Such good comedy. Yeah. Uh, I love that music. Uh, Adam, Adam is really holding his ground here with his picks. So I'm looking at his, his future two picks. He's, he picks yeah. some good. Uh, that one is especially good. And yeah, I would say, also said yeah. during the, during the uh, music, we were saying that he, it's very John Williams influence. Oh, very John Williams. I had written in my notes here that warm or cold, I think episode, what is it? Episode five. I yeah. thought that was very tough. We should definitely listen. We'll shout that out later. We'll get to that one. But um, yeah, there are, so he, Ludwig can go very abstract or he can, he can, you know, he can go more traditional and uh, his traditional stuff is very interesting. His traditional Williams-esque music is really, really interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I was excited to hear that this one also sounds like John Williams to a degree. Yeah, it's all, it, like it, it's got John Williams on top with a lot of these like soaring, really fast um, melodies. Um, and then under unlike underneath is this beautiful like uh, synthesizer, like arpeggiators and oscillators and stuff, making these like really cool sounds um, right. that are sort of anchoring the music. And it, that's kind of how he made it itself. And I mean, to make just like to make a score that's in this like sort of uh, you know, series of chords. It's all, you know, all relative sounds. And then to have this aesthetic that's so like perfect and mirrors, like, you know, like you said, taking Star Wars into the future, mm-hmm. paying homage. It's and, and like it in this really tight, very distinct sound, um, paying homage to Ennio Morricone. It, it, that's a it's just a right. real triumph. Um, I can't speak enough, say enough good things about the situation. Um, shall we go on? Let's do it. What's next? Yeah, next up. Um, this song is called Training the Plebs, and I'll let it speak for itself. See, that's that's the march. There's the march there. It's like mellow, but it's there. Sorry. I did love this moment in the show. This theme... That's almost James Bond-esque. He is Bond when he's doing the kind of civilian uh, stuff. You definitely feel like he's Bond. You know what I mean? Like you feel like... Yeah. yeah. It feels like that. Now that I think about it, I think about the modern Daniel Craig films, and I think about The Mandalorian, and how similar that character feels. Yeah. So then they sort of flow back into the main theme here, the like... This is probably like their travel theme or like it's like our this is like the Native American yeah. uh, promenade, like kind of walking, it's like traveling theme, right? It's right. Of... But this is still them training, so they're they're obviously yeah. training their militia. But what is that kind of like uh 
recorder, like the, the woodwind, like his whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What is what is that theme? What should we label that as? Like Mando's theme? That's the Mando theme. Okay, that's Mando. Yeah. You know, another crescendoing piece of music starts small, gets bigger. He really expresses that in each individual track. He's like, here's a little bit of John Williams, here's a little bit of like, yeah, modern electronic new genre. It's so consistent. Yeah. Neo Western. Neo Western. Neo Samurai. And I think it just sort of vamps out. So, yeah. So the reason I wanted to do this song was because um, in our John Williams analysis last 4th of July, um, we one of the major categories of his music was war marches. I just thought they needed their own place because he did them so well. And listening to this, I think John Williams would be super proud of that march. You could slide that in between, um, you know, battle of heroes or, or like um you know the the resistance march of the resistance or imperial march or like you said the, that first song in um when they're on the plains of naboo for the the first battle right. and 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 you you would be hard pressed to be like all right that's john williams that's not john williams um it's yeah. a great classic march i love that you said this was very similar to the imperial march because uh you can hear the Imperial March in there, and then you, it's just this wonderful riff in a new direction that I really like. I would love it to make, you know, if Mando ever gets a film, I would love that to be featured heavily in the war sections of the Star Wars film. Like, that is a wonderful March theme. Yeah. Uh, love the music. I love how it starts with the, when the march is very soft, and it's just an intro to what's about to get very, very loud, and uh, with a cacophony and an orchestra joining in. Um, it also felt very John Williams with the kind of staccato uh, yes. woodwinds and staccato string like moments. Yeah. Like it felt the like flutes Harry and Potter. the strings. Yeah, yeah, the flutes and the strings came in and it felt like uh, almost like a Harry Potter, like visiting Hogwarts, something magical. And which is interesting because my next uh, track is mystical in nature. And this was a march. But uh, I this is one of the best march, you know, uh, compositions I've ever heard in Star Wars. Yeah. And it just places it now you're in Star Wars now, you know, yeah. when you have this. Um, why don't we get into your next track? Let's All right. Just... My next track is Lean's Mystical. And uh, that is, it's called Reprogram in uh, Chapter 7. It's uh, Episode 7, just before the finale, penultimate episode. Incredible, incredible uh, piece of music. Oh, there's the acoustic guitar again. 
you can tell what kind of music like he would play. He likes like his guitar style. Yeah. It's like Sigur Ross or something. Wow. You're right, like the mystical sort of Native American themes. And then they did it two ways, like where it's very much on the plains and now it's sort of back in space. That's right, yeah. Also, it's like a Western samurai black again. Yeah. Very much so. Juxtaposed Native American woodwinds with like frontier cello, like Western frontier cello. Yeah. With Japanese woodwind influence as well right and still dead center in the middle of the main theme in like a lot of ways yeah oh adam's in this is the samurai influence Dude, Adam's, Adam's in on the call. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. No way. This is my current life right now. Uh, <laughs> we're playing music. This is wonderful. That was it. That was reprogram. Yeah, we just played reprogram. We're on the second uh, song of my three. And we All did right. your first song, Adam. We did Java's Attack. Oh, very cool. And we found that to be an incredible piece of music. And just pure adventure. Pure adventure yeah. kind of Western frontier gallop uh, caravan chase music that I thought was unparalleled. Yeah. And full, it's funny because I actually picked that song without knowing what it was. I was just listening to him on <laughs> random. And I'm like, I always end up picking a Jawa song somehow. For these <laughs> it was very on brand. Um, we just listened to Reprogram. That was obviously the, when, you know, uh, there was the montage of Kuil reprogramming IG-11. And I love that montage to this day. Deborah Chow and that montage. It's, uh, it stays with me. Uh, incredible. It's uh, the instrument, we were talking about the tone and the instrumentation being very similar to Western and um, uh, Samurai films. But um, I feel like, uh, I feel like Kuil represents that mystical or like the force character, the force, the mentor character in The Mandalorian. And, uh, I have, to, and it's not like a, you know, the force. It's more like, I think, a tinker, like a superb tinker, like a gifted, intelligent, kind of like Anakin was in, in that aptitude. Mm. Uh, I feel like Quill's very much similar, and he's kind of that mystical, I guess, sage in my mind, right, when I think about the show. And that theme, I think, encapsulates that in his, how he can tutor and how he can teach. And uh, I love that. And then again, if there's Native American influence, there's Japanese influence, there's Chinese influence, there is... Uh, like that Western frontier cello underneath, like it's, it's honestly one of my favorite tracks I've ever heard in Star Wars. Yeah, it um, for me, it, like it, it did. It sounded very early on to me, like 
yeah, like Native American Western music and then sort of evolved into a more Star Warsy thing when they start using the cello or the the violins and the um, and the flutes that are very, you know, typical uh, um, Williams, John Williams. So yeah. it was. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It had that mystical element to it, which is a lot of fun. You're just like, oh, what are they doing? Like, is this an ancient ritual? I don't know. You know, but it's 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 Quill just like reprogramming a, a robot like he's probably done a million times for the Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think the next song we have is uh, an Adam song, right? The next song we have is an Adam song. And we are going to do in episode order. And that is going to be. <laughs> Drum roll, Riders? please. <laughs> Night Riders. Yeah. Oh, Night Riders. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So we listened to this. We listened to this before the pod because we kind of wanted to know where all your songs might fit. Right. Um, and oh my goodness. This one's awesome. I'm trying to yeah. find it right now. What episode is it? Episode, episode five. five. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, right, five, because this is them on their uh, speeders, right? Yep. There it is. Is this the one we were headbanging to before? <laughs> I think it's the one. We were like, let's listen to Adams. We were like, where are we going to let in in this structure? <laughs> they were pretty impressive when we started. Oh, dude, that, that is a cue that comes back uh, yeah. a lot of times, and it makes me so happy. Just like, what is that? Did a didgeridoo? What is that? That's just a, that's a synthesizer note yeah. that's like all messed up in its own. That's just like me. Yeah, it has its harmonics jacked up. It's like a ring modulator, so it's like a weird the harmonica doesn't fit the note. It's cool. Like he's just a lethal character in the room. Yeah. Very true. It sounds like what they're doing modern bottom of the world music. They kind of like it does. Yeah. Like it's could be anywhere in the world. They have the like eight oh eight sub drops that are like boom into like whale <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. 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 A similar tempo to Jawas, but it's like a different melody. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I just kept, like, I had all the Mandalorian songs in one playlist and just kept dropping out ones I knew weren't the one until I narrowed it down. Oh, oh really? So, okay. Yeah. So I had some time. I had some time in the hospital. So, uh, so you can kind of see the, you can see the similarities, especially between these two, right? Like, they just, 
for some reason they just touch a chord and i think it's something similar with grant you were saying like the there's so many different influences brought into this right. and one thing i really enjoyed and you know it comes from my wife i just love strings and my wife really loves strings so a lot of the music she listens to has strings in them and then to kind of add the electronic element to it like those two sounds sound so good together and there's these moments of like discordance that's really good and you know we've talked about in the pod before i'm a huge horror movie fan and so there's elements yeah. of disquiet and horror in this that mm-hmm. i really enjoy yeah and i find it funny because again it's one i picked without knowing what episode it was from just from like just listening to them and it has a moment probably my least favorite character in the entire series which is whatever <laughs> that bounty hunter on tatooine he teams up with is um oh that kid is that um yeah. john uh, Pal- no, franco yeah, yeah. It's oh, like, no, yeah. John Franco or Dave Franco? Ca- Calican? Uh, Calican, who is, who yeah. is, um, oh, okay, sleep deprivation brain guy. So I can't remember the actor, but he's like the cop in Ant Man. He's the stepfather in Ant Man. It's his <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carnival. Yeah, Carnival. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, all right. Who I love. I love that guy. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, Car- Bobby Carnival. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, that's his kid who's, who's fine. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, he had an authentic moment with the baby. Remember that behind the scenes uh, little yeah. doc where you saw him interacting with the baby? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, I love that track. That's another kind of Western frontier track in my mind, and it fit and fitting for Tatooine. And also, this is this is the part where they're driving around at night at night on swoop bikes, right? Like, yeah. That is incredible moment yeah. in the show. Visually, yeah. it's beautiful. You needed to come up with something like amazing musically to complement it, and he really did it there. It was like yeah. you were out there with him, and it's great. And from a visual standpoint, that was the moment. I mean, it was five episodes in, but that was the moment I was. I think I was the most blown away by the special effects. Like I think it looked that scene looked yeah. the most movie like to me. Like you wouldn't be able to pull that apart from any other of the Star Wars main features to determine which one was made for television. Right. It's also interesting that Jawa Tax was that kind of uh, chase music and that, that uh, fast tempo kind of uh, staccato chase music. And but this it almost fits a little better with the swoop bikes because they're so fast. Mm-hmm. Like having that horse like like Western horse chase music uh, yeah. felt better with the swoop bikes. And I was like, ooh, this is I, I can see this yeah. whole movie now. It was it was it that scene. It is funny because you mentioned that I didn't even realize I chose like the two Western moments, like them, like really Western moments, like the wagon chase. Yeah, yeah, maybe due to lots and lots of hours of Red Dead Redemption 2, possibly. I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh, <laughs> that is <laughs> probably an influence. Yeah, <laughs> probably an influence. Um, awesome song, though. Awesome. Um, all right, did I go first? Am I going to do my this is my last one? It's your last one. All right, cool. So the one I chose. I had looked at an early one back for Best Car, but I wanted to do one just straight up electronic music song. And um, but 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 this song slaps. It's called The Gang. I mean, I play air bass all the time, but this (laughs) is a great air bass song. I so nearly picked a song from from this episode. Uh, So stand up. Ninja Turtles. Like, if I do, if someone doesn't know a Ninja Turtles movie, make that be the series. This, this kind of sounds like my band Coo and Howl because it's like yeah. baseline with ox percussion in it. That's most of the music they play. I almost chose this because while we're talking about that string moment, yeah, it's like 
straight out of straight out of like <laughs> yeah. Psycho. It's like or straight out of like Hitchcock. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Totally. Or really or. Yeah, he's using like fiddle, like Johnny Greenwood on guitar, just like cutting through the mix. This episode was scary. Though. It was the most threatening uh, Star Wars story I've ever I've seen of recent because uh, yeah. the gang and how legal they were, how scary. Was that the was that the prison the prison yeah. break one? Prison break, yeah. There's there's a straight up scene, straight up horror movies in that oh, where yeah. where they have where the Mandalorian's sneaking up on someone and there's like lights flashing and he's like 20 feet away then light flashes and he's nowhere in the scene and the yeah. light flashes and he's right behind him. That's like every Halloween movie ever. Yeah. It's great. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. So well done. Yeah, and it was Bill Burr too. Yeah. yeah. Is that, uh, it's a Fumajia episode, right? Yeah, Fumiyua, yeah. Fumiyua, yeah. He's so good. He's so good. He did the episode two as well. No, well, oh, yeah. So, right there, I gotta, dude, did you hear that? They superimpose the Mando theme over the over the gang theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, like, baseline <laughs> under the Mando theme. Yeah. He kept that in his back pocket for like a minute, and it was like, all right, now it's time. But it, it would be so hard for me to not put that baseline under the Mando theme every time because it's yeah. it's so funky. Anyways, yeah, so that that song slaps, and that's why I like it pretty much. Um, that baseline is just killer. It's like pop music. It's it's awesome. And then yeah, I, you know, then there's everything else around it. That's the tension of that scene. But I thought it was great. Would you offer eerie, haunting, threatening? Uh, I and I just tell telling you guys, I I felt this was uh, the most high stakes you know, Star Wars story I had taken in, in a long time. It felt the gang felt very scary. I felt like all those bounty those bounty hunters were, uh, were were looked lethal, looked like they could take you out if you weren't looking. And I knew the backstab was coming the moment I met them. I was very scared. And that music yeah. is just it just tells that story. This song especially tells that story, and it's song also captures the tension and the horror I think that Adam's going to go into uh, of that moment and of that episode, which I thought was so interesting that they're riffing on not just Western samurai films, but also the horror genre, and especially in this horror and crime, underworld films, things like that. And it's all in that music and it's all in this episode. And I love this episode. And I almost picked a track from this episode, but I didn't. It was like, I, I love all the music equally on this episode because I think it's so yeah. interesting. It's so nuanced. It's so different, and I, I just, I really just respect this and keep this separate from yeah. everything else. I love this, especially this episode. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I this this episode had multiple songs that ended up on my short list. I don't think any of them yeah. actually made it through to the end, but I had a lot, and this one was pretty close to it. And I think part of it is again, you have the strings, which I love, and then you have the horror elements. Like this is like straight out of Hitchcock movies, like that, that, like that, that just you can just picture the moment in the episode and i don't even know if it's playing under the track but there's a moment in the episode that's straight up out of horror movies where the mandalorian sneaking up on someone and there's there's a strobe light effect and he's like 20 feet behind then it strobes and he's nowhere to be seen then it strobes and he's right behind bill burr and it's like that's in every single halloween movie that's what if he what if he was like lights out yeah (laughs) what if he said that again (laughs) lights out (laughs) lights out he's just dengar secretly oh god (laughs) Dean, You're gonna I'm, I think my phone's dying. I think I'm going to have to leave now. Uh, Dar- 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 Dar. <laughs> uh, am I up next? You're up next, next, buddy. All right. This is, I mean, this is my ultimate track here. This is A Thousand Tears. This is, uh, I think, the most triumphant 
music that uh, in any of these episodes. And I love this. It's kind of the, the theme of that, I think, that Rising Phoenix group of uh, Mandalorians. I forget what the clans, their name is, but they're the blue, the blue Mandalorians. So I think save Din Djarin. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I think they saved Din Djarin in that episode. And that's, this is kind of the heroic, I would say, triumphant theme for this, this clan. Ooh, that's the noise that's in uh, the prequels there, in that um, march. Oh, yeah, the march uh, in Naboo, right? Like, in Naboo, yeah. It's in the, I think it's in the trailer, right? When, the, when you see the Gungans coming out of the mist. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have that I have that preview burned into my brain. It was like <laughs> one of the first things I ever downloaded on the internet and watched over a million times. And it took like all night, literally as in my dorm room, it took all night to download that. Dialogue. Two minutes, yeah. They got an ice bell in the background, just like, ding! This track. It's a great one. Yeah, this is very March like actually. Yeah. This is a March. It is a March. It is a March. I think it's all over the place, but just to the end, the riff on the Mandalorian theme is what I'm mainly speaking to. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, synthetic um, noise coming in there. Yeah, the tremellos of the flanger or the stuttering swells. I didn't get into that yet. The stuttering, the stuttering. This, the dissonance of what Adam was talking about. It's just yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's like you can take synthesizers and make them atonal and they match with everything. It's like yeah. almost like a rhythmic episode or, or element. Tell if that's piano or acoustic guitar. Yeah, I don't know. It's that repeating pattern, like Morcone, right there. That's the repeating Morcone pattern for sure. <laughs> yeah, he uses guitar really well. Yeah. There's a bomb explosion, so we got that. Same song. The metal, just metal AF, dude. <laughs> this is 80s metal, too. <laughs> totally. Hair metal. Like, just. Like, bold choice. Bold choice. Piercing. Piercing the horizon. 80s metal, just piercing your mind. This is yeah. what I thought all of his music was going to sound like. <laughs> I've been waiting for this Star Wars movie, honestly, the 80s genre action film that doesn't have balance. Yeah. Oh, this is that's the new balance theme right there. <laughs> I love her. I love her team. so tasteful with that theme like yeah. he uses it a lot but not too much yeah but a lot like a lot more than i would ever be brave enough to bring back a main theme like that that felt more full body than it had felt before it felt yeah. like 
Mando's spirit returning or something. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It always seems to prove a point or make it's like a statement, and it's and there's always slight variations on it, which I appreciate. Where it's just yeah. it's, it's a neat way to do, it. but it is there a lot. I was trying not to pick one that had one, and I failed. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. That's yeah. it. This track, I mean, this track will stay with me for a long time. I I love the score. And we were talking about how uh, the, when the when his kind of main chorus swells, it stutters. It has that stutter effect, that tremolo, as we're saying then, or that kind of arpeggiation that happens. And that is that is just so interesting. It's it's very loud. And this this song is a clear example of that. Especially with those the when it gets back to the Mando theme and things like that, but um, there is like raw '80s hair metal like <laughs> riffs and and finger pluckings in this in this uh, yeah. track that is wild, and I never thought I would hear. And honestly, it's like the Star Wars movie I'm waiting for, which is that almost like hyper pulpy '80s action Star Wars film with like a Dash Rendar type, but yeah. no balance allowed. But, uh, <laughs> honestly, he's had, he's honestly, had honestly, in the sun. yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorite tracks uh, out of all the tracks I've heard. And this is, I think, one of the most epic ones. Uh, it feels very triumphant, very heroic. Uh, something that that hero moment when uh, Dinjar saved, and you you feel it with this music. And this music does a beautiful job of laying that. And uh, I don't, I just this is to me, it's one of the best. It has a lot of range to it. Obviously, it goes, it kind of explores a lot of territories of what we've heard throughout the show to that to this point. And I think that's really interesting that it, it kind of brings a lot of themes together. And like you were saying, uh, Ben, it's, it's, it has some march. A lot. Of, it, it sounds very much like a march in the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely had a march in the beginning. A different, another march. So we we could have done uh, the full. He, he he threw a couple in here. It's just the one season, but it's three hours long. So it's like he said it. You know, he said it was like making three feature films. Right worth of music i mean essentially he got his own trilogy you could look at the mandalorian as its own trilogy really it could easily be you know three three movies three feature-like movies um yeah i yeah that that noise that it's in there a lot what you're talking about the, the tremolo i'm pretty sure it's it's a synthesizer and you press a note and it makes a sound and you switch it to square wave and then you play with an oscillator that changes the rate. So a, a square wave goes in, out, in, out, in, out. Um, and um, yeah, or, or the oscillator will do that. And then you just you just mess with the rate. So sometimes it's like da, 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 da. And then like we even heard earlier in there, he teased, like sort of got you ready for the synthesizer part. It was coming up by just doing like a small um, synthesizer part. It was just like, womp, 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 womp. Still like keeping right. the song. But um, yeah, and, but it was atonal and, and cool. So... Yeah, that's a that's a fun one for sure. Yeah, this might yeah this might be a cool time to tell you guys kind of the feeling I got from each episode real quickly. Like I, I have one word for each episode and how I felt, and kind of it will lead into this episode and kind of this track. And and I felt that the, I'll start actually I'll start backwards. I felt episode eight was the most operatic and kind of imposing, like electronic. It was kind of imposing a new electronic opera opera kind of score. Hey. Felt very epic. Uh, Nurse to protect is it's, a, it's one of the shout out episodes we had listed. Because that 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 track is incredible. It's very epic, um, and it feels very iconic and unique. And it feels like you always associate that music with this show. But um, so for the first episode, I felt it was very driven and threatening, like kind of introducing the Mandalorian. Uh, second episode, I felt was spiritual, a little bit more spiritual leaning. Third episode, I felt was intense. There was an intensity to it because it was getting the baby and getting off Navarro. Yeah. Uh, the fourth episode, I felt was kind of feudal and pastoral. Obviously, it's training the plebs, uh, 
the, the, the track you chose, uh, the kind of hidden remote frontier, remote air pasture kind of music. Um, then I, for episode five, I said Western crime uh, hybrid. Uh, I think yeah. we talked about, or not, no, I said Western for that. That was actually the Tatooine episode. That's Western. Six, I said was heist. Seven, I said was heroic. And then eight, again, operatic. That's kind of how I, and then this song, I think it's a perfect example of kind of operatic qualities yeah. of this last episode. I guess the last episode, right? The finale, so it's fitting. Yeah. Nice. We've been talking about how Ludwig could be, his style could match that of, of John Williams and, uh, uh, in interesting and, and nuanced ways, but sometimes it's, it's more traditional. And I think Warmer Cold is a beautiful example of something that sounds a little bit more traditional John Williams, but coming from this, this wholly new and, and brilliant artist. Uh, so let's check that track out. Great. So that was warm or cold. Um, so fantastic. And definitely like so very John Williams in, in yeah. this track, we've got a starfighter battle, which doesn't happen. There's only one, I think in, in this whole show. Um, and it's great that they, they stuck it in there. Um, and then I don't know if he did it intentionally or not, but it's like very heavy on the strings. Like he comes in with yeah. his synthesizers and tags, it's his own and it's very exciting. Um, but the, you know, the interplay of the two starfighters are, are, you know, brought out by the, um, by the, uh, the, the strings. And it was great. Right. They have a repeating staccato string, uh, uh, chorus sounds very much like something you hear in ET or Harry Potter, or um, even you know episode two of the prequels for that matter, and uh, I thought that was a brilliant kind of parallel to Williams' work and Ludwig's work, uh, and, and it felt and it felt orchestral. Obviously, there was an orchestra, and then the riff on the Mando theme with the orchestra was had this very low timber, just kind of bellowing. Uh, it felt just very more full bodied. Like this whole piece felt felt very orchestral, full bodied, a surround a surrounding kind of all encompassing kind of musical saturation for the ears cacophony cacophony ben would say yeah <laughs> yeah it's super cinematic it's I, when we were listening to it just now 
it's just I can almost picture credits rolling at the end of a film. Like it seems <laughs> yeah, like what you would have yeah. under under credits just scrolling across the screen. I mean that positively. It really does feel just just grand in a way that right. is very John Williams. Yeah, super great tune. So that uh, that brings us to our last track. This is Adam's uh, track that we're gonna do. Uh, very and, and we want to again congratulate Adam for having a father. Yeah, Thank you. recent and. Uh, we thought he couldn't be here, and he surprised us. He came and joined the episode <laughs> midway through. Yeah. And uh, we're so happy you could be here for this final track. Uh, I think glad it's to be here, too. For, all, for all, all of us. This one was accidentally on purpose, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> and Ben, this one is, of course... The Child. The this baby. is the last the song baby. The baby, on, uh, of episode eight. So, uh, the baby. I was like, the baby. The Child. Well, I'm looking at The Child... Right now, yes. Adam has his new child on his right. chest right now, <laughs> sleeping soundly and uh, totally adorably. Um, but yeah, so this is the last song of episode eight. So the last song of all these things It's entitled The Baby and um, very appropriate. And uh, this is what it sounds like. This is the start of a new adventure. Like this yeah. is the next. This is season two. They might riff on this track in season. Yeah, two. yeah. We've got the Mandalorian theme. Yeah. Then you've got um, the, a little bit of a march there, a little war march. Yeah. And then the like so innocence. Go, go back and forth. The innocence theme, Mando theme, like uh, yeah. The theme. Yeah. Yeah. With, with flutes, it sounds like more like the Innocence theme, and I think they do it in like a major scale on the flutes yep. and like minor scale with the bass recorder. Yeah. It's a softening of the Mando theme, which I think is... Yeah. Guys, I think they're a dyad. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. A long-range dyad. They don't might not have lightsabers. They'll just take you out from far away. Yeah. They're even more deadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if the Mandalorian had the Force... <laughs> Don't, oh don't do it. Don't do I'm, it. I'm out. <laughs> Adam signs off. We need the force of everything. <laughs> this is kind of a storybook ending. It's kind of yeah. Sick. The end of every good movie, too, where just the credits start rolling randomly, and it's just the camera's just like panning over the neighborhood. <laughs> Nice. That's the child theme. Western chime, that wistful chime at the end. That's some Inir Morricone. That's the most Inir Morricone thing in all of this, I feel like. Yeah. That is like the, the music box in whatever for a few dollars more. Yeah. This is totally the child theme. Yes. They, they do this thing this with the violent, yeah. the string section. I like calling it the innocence theme because I feel yeah. like that. Yeah. So pretty. It's such a pretty little bell. That Western expanse, that like journey yeah. to the expanse. 
Right, like we're gonna be following this child through his adventures. Yeah. into the sunset yeah <laughs> that was probably like yeah that's the instruction i would get for that song I'd be like you know you gotta go yeah <laughs> <laughs> we did that track that has to happen i was just thinking of the blues brothers movie but anyway um um <laughs> uh, yeah that's right that was wonderful kind of wistful storybook ending yeah uh, composition yeah you know so it's funny that that song is is great, but I don't know if, if if I was listening to this two weeks ago and I was doing the same process. This would have been one of the three songs that resonated with me. It's it's really a great song, but um, the story behind why I picked this or how I picked this is is basically I was in the hospital wait you know for four days waiting for my wife and I to come home with their child. Um, everyone was good, you know. Just discharge can take a while with that, and I was just so you have a lot of time, and I just had all the Mandalorian stuff just on repeat, just random listening to it while doing, you know, while my daughter's on my chest, just kind of just thinking about it, just listening to it, staying awake in the middle of the night. And like at 3 a.m. on day three, this song kind of came. And it just, I didn't know what the title was because I had my phone down, had no lights, ah. wasn't aware of what it was, similar to the Java Attack theme. And it just hit me. And granted, it's probably sleep deprivation and changing hormones and all that fun stuff, but I started crying in the middle <laughs> of the song because it, 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 it was exactly what I was feeling at that moment. And I think from the story standpoint of, of The Mandalorian, it really is the softening of The Mandalorian theme, right? right. You, you hear that theme, but it's softened. You hear the child's theme in there as well. And you hear this bonding between the two, and you see at the very end. It's, it's it, we were talking throughout the playing. It's not an end; it's the beginning. It's the, it's it's the beginning of the clan of two, right? Journeying right. And, and like and the shepherding of this. And I'm almost gonna start crying now again, sleep deprivation. But just um, it's it, it kind of is amazing, right? It's about the beginning of a family, um, right. which I think is Star Wars as strong as is always when it's dealing with yeah. family. And Mandalorian snuck that in. I never thought I never thought one of the themes of the Mandalorian would be family, but it was again yeah. at the end, right? It's again an adoption story, right? It's yeah. symbiosis complete at this point, and it yeah. definitely launches us into what I think is going to be this epic lone wolf and cub esque adventure. Yeah. It does start like that. Sounds like the the beginning of a new adventure, and I wouldn't be surprised if season two riffs on this track, kind of specifically pulls this one out and brings it back in season two a little bit, just to show the. The innocence and where the innocence is now with the, the baby or the child, and then also, uh, you know, how how soft is the Mando now in season two? Has he become more fatherly? Has he become, you know, a better person? Has the child made him better? You know, like I'm yeah. excited to see how the, both those themes evolve in tandem, and uh, and this song shows the beginning of that. So really, really cool track. Uh, I think it's the last track on the last in the last episode kind of yeah. just signs off the show in this beautiful kind of, uh, again, storybook kind of classic fantasy way. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I love the idea of the clone of two, like, or the clan of two, rather. Um, 
and uh, I can't wait to see how it goes forward. And it's it's just a beautiful track. And I mean, and I think this is also in contrast with some of those Sergio Leone um, movies where it's like usually like the the Lone Ranger has to give the child back and you know continues his life on of purgatory. Um, but this feels like no, this is a new beginning and a and a good trajectory for the Mandalorian that he's going to do some real good in the galaxy. And um, they've got this grand adventure to go on now that he's settled his debts. And um, and I think the child is making him a better person. And um, that's what this like soaring, beautiful music just speaks to me. And, and I hope that's that's the direction they go in because they're going to do a lot of great things. Yeah. And again, I just want to mention that we, I did hear a lot of Adina Morcone in the song and especially yeah. in the kind of wistful yeah. spectral chimes that uh Play all are all are on their own after both the, the child and the Mando's theme. Yeah, done done going back and forth. It gets to these chimes, and that sounded that sounded straight out of uh, Sergio Leone Mester. You know, like, like the music box. And I don't know if it was for a few dollars more, uh, a fistful of dollars, but there was a music box, obviously that's iconic, and that, that chiming. Uh, it sounded very similar to that, and so I really hope more of that comes into play. It's yeah, more of that series, more of that Ennio Morcone uh, kind of vibe. I would love for more of that to come in. And again, I watched The Good, Bad, and the Ugly the other day, and just the the composing of the standoff, the kind of standoff in the beginning of that film, uh, is just such an interesting composition in terms of visual composition. And then that kind of standoff moment, I still think we are going to get a standoff moment. Comes and we have we've had standoff moments in season one, but I'm thinking in, stand, in season two we might have like a big standoff moment. So yeah. Some of that stuff mm-hmm. comes back. Could be Boba Fett. Could be Sabine Wren. It's definitely right. going to be like a quick, like a quick draw. Yeah. You know, silent. Yeah. The town center kind of stand. Everyone, everyone watching. The character Timothy Oliphant's playing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Cobb Vanth be... versus Din Djarin. Stand up. I want all three. I want. I want it to be Cobb Vanth, uh, um, Din Djarin, and Boba Fett. Like all like these are one of things we're all pulling Ooh, at each other and yeah. like, who do I because of that the ugly with? style yeah yeah, exactly. yeah yeah that's a fun one that's a fun one because the ending can be subverted in multiple ways yeah <laughs> uh, that's very interesting uh, yeah again love this track a uh, beautiful uh, piece of music to end on um, and I'm uh, very fitting that you chose it Adam give it yeah. yeah it's funny yeah. that it happened that way it's and uh, congratulations again this episode thank you to you and thank you. Uh, we're so glad you could join us. Yeah, yeah, I'm shocked I'm here, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Just worked out <laughs> randomly that way. I'm like, hey, the baby's asleep. It's quiet. I'm yeah. sitting on a couch about to just watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Why not see if the guys are still here? Oh, yeah. Boy, Boy. yeah. We got, we got you just in time. Yeah. <laughs> Saved you from the real dark side. Yes. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, this is fantastic. So uh, Ludwig Gorenson. Great dude. Uh, actually named after uh, Ludwig von Beethoven, um, oh. which so he was destined from great for greatness from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait. He's probably scoring or finishing up the score for uh, Mando season two right now. I imagine yeah. that would be what he's working on. So right. uh, that's uh, great news. Can't wait to see that. And um, yeah, awesome. Great music. I'm so glad I'm going to have this music for the rest of my life. And as far as we know, I don't think season two has been delayed. I think it's no. still nope. coming out. October. They, they oh, no, said October. for certain it's it's on track. I actually have a sneaky suspicion. Though my sneaky suspicions surrounding Disney Plus have been very off because I'm still waiting for them to 
to drop the drop the last four episodes of Clone Wars as a separate movie, but that's going to happen. Uh, um, yeah, just a, just an as soon as there's that. a thing called movies again, you might get your wish. I think I think what might happen because everything keeps getting pushed further. That can keeps getting kicked further and further down the road. Movie releases. Yeah. That if things start piling up around October and November. Disney might just be like, we're starving for content, and this is done and ready to go. I, I'm right. wondering if we get it in September. I really wonder if we get it a, okay. a bit early, but uh, we'll see. I'm Wishful surprised. Thinking, yeah. Well, there would have been some mass market announcements if if Star Wars Celebration had, had got through, but obviously they made the right decision and canceled. Yeah, it. they did. Yeah. And um, uh, but you know, there probably would have been some mass market announcements, and that could have been like a, they could have stitched those four episodes together, released them in theaters. That yeah. kind of announcement. I, that stuff really makes the fans happy when there's like you know even if there's not a live action movie being made that year to release that year, it's uh, yeah. you know just releasing whatever content that they can stitch together or they put together to make that theatrical experience because that's what Star Wars is the ultimate theatrical experience. Ultimate. It would have been a nice kind of um, cherry on top for Clone Wars because I know the Clone Wars movie that they released was not awesome personally you know and this would be incredible this was so great the mocap lightsaber and like that would have been like you know what maybe we didn't hit the nail on the head the first time with the movie release in theater so here you go watch this right yeah right yeah that was a a fascinating tale we'll see because we have now entered the dark times it's like (laughs) there are after the gallery quite literally literally on many levels yeah oh my gosh um yeah the 90s all over again well i would i would cut off my finger to be in the 90s again um, I just mean I just mean for Star Wars content. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. That's a good point. Actually, then I would have to wait for all this, but still, it'd be a tough call. Um, Don't play yeah. the Last of Us bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting. I'm not. I, I didn't like the first Last of Us. Uh, I also didn't like. Um, I don't uh, heart. Yeah, just a, I don't. It was just. A, it, was just a, it was just a joke based on in joke to nobody on this right, podcast, except for the internet. Yeah, <laughs> except for myself. Hardcores. Yeah, I haven't heard. I just know it's controversial to dumb people. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. That's about right. That's about yeah. wow. You really summed that up real quick. Yeah. Oh my god, there's diversity. Let me get angry. Anyway, yeah, whatever. exactly. We're the light by voting out the president. Right, but uh, anyways, I don't know that there's any other Star Wars content that's going to be released on Disney Plus before Mandalorian, and that's October, and I'm pretty sure this is July. So, um, I'll check they, it out. Yeah, we, we've had something consistently there this whole time. So unless they pull a rabbit out of a hat, um, yeah, we're going to be, a, you know, thinking about a lot of public Star Wars comics and seeing, like, yeah. adverts and marketing, I guess, uh, kind of previews of comics for, for you know, month for April. Like, it's the month yeah. of April or it's, you yeah. Know, yeah, May. And you're like, really? Like, this is how back, this is how backtracked everything is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, that that their dearth of um, or you know absence of content is our benefit because we have a lot of backlogged things we wanted to talk about. Uh, don't worry about us; we've got plenty of Star Wars to talk about. Um, we talked about maybe an Infinities episode, which would be pretty fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we owe it to ourselves to maybe review a uh, Sergio Leone movie, maybe Good and the Bad, the Ugly, for Ennio Morricone, because that's a massive influence, um, and. Um, that maybe we could do one of those. Yeah, that'd be a beautiful tribute to any more funny if we. Yeah. Do. So. Yeah, um, we have uh, shadows. We have a shadow fall coming up. We have to do yeah. that for our next episode, I believe. Yeah. So we've already read it. We were going to do it sooner, but um, that our next episode is <laughs> probably going to be shadow fall, um, and um, we'll see if we can make lightning strike twice and grab Adam for that. Well, 
it also me to find time to read 70 the, the, the remaining 75 percent of that book <laughs> on my kindle but we'll see. i got time we'll see i'll listen I'll best stop job. watching tv crack a book kid it's good for yeah. good it's good modeling for my child That's we can right. do it it, it may not be three hours or... it'll be it'll be like an hour but it, it, it you know yeah, we do have those three-hour spectacular spectaculars. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But that was a fantastic book, so that's going to be coming up soon. Um, and we had another one too that we we're planning, but we, we have a ton. We have. Uh, I, I really want to do the Infinities episode sooner than later. And yeah, uh, I love and, that idea. And for that, for the guidelines of that, I would like like it's going to be kind of alternate timeline, alternate reality. Uh, but I don't want it to be it should feel too jarring. Like it should be kind of organic like a, like a, an easy one would be like if you know instead of obi-wan anakin it's taken it's yeah. taken yoda's way or something like that something yeah. that could kind of happen in the timeline that then forces yeah. it in a different direction something kind of and, a simple adjustment almost the changes and yeah. i think the way we do it is we each we can figure out how many maybe we each come in with one or two but yeah. don't let's not tell each other what it is and the oh, yeah. thing we do and say what it is, and we the other two people have to game out what they think would happen if that happens. Oh yeah, that would be fun. And then we could, and the person who came up with it can kind of come in with their own uh-huh. ideas of what they thought would happen, and see how close we kind of all, all right, get to get this organic that. story. Yeah, I love done. it. Done. Love it. Love it. Maybe that's next. Who knows? Maybe. Um, in any respect, thank you very much for listening to us for uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all our listeners, and um, think you're super. Hope you're enjoying it and hope you're uh, safe and happy. And uh, as always, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah.